You are now listening to episode 233 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on July 4th, 2022. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And we are back from our mini hiatus there. Slightly longer it than feels, mini. It feels weird to say we're back because that sounds exciting, but like what we were doing was way more exciting than this. Yes. <laughs> like no offense, but being on vacation is much more fun than being back to normal quote-unquote yeah we had our three-week road trip where nicole showed me all the highlights of michigan and it was fantastic so that was really good and like i said to you in person multiple times i was kind of nervous that you weren't gonna have a good time just because what we were doing was just so different from like everything we have ever done together before. <laughs> like <laughs> when we're in person, we're going to like TV tapings and uh, leaky con and comic con. And like, we're stalking like places where they shot scenes from the good place. Like that's kind of been our like in-person relationship since like 2012. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, this is so different. Like what if she doesn't have a good time? So Every time you said that you were having fun or that you liked something, I was like, okay, I feel a little more relieved every time. <laughs> yeah, like, I knew was... you guys did, like, road trips and stuff, but, like, we had never done one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I do enjoy that sort of thing. I just don't do it very often. So, mm-hmm. but that kind of almost makes it better when I do, like, oh, this is something different and fun. So, it yeah. was good. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we are now back to talk about... I don't think I said this yet. The Hofstetter Isotope, mm-hmm. episode 20 of season two. Nearing the end. Yes. Getting up to season three. Um, there's kind of, I don't know. It's There's like almost like a lot of firsts in this episode that we can, I guess, talk to as we go through them. Um, but to start off with, it's the first mention of Anything Can Happen Thursday. <laughs> Which I feel did not come back to the extent that I was hoping it would. Like, it was like, this episode, like, introduces it as, like, a new thing. And I feel like they reference it again, but yeah, they should have done it more. I tried, like, Googling it to see, like, did it really, like, come back? Um, Because I feel like in, like, fandom or, like, in fanfics, we, like, take advantage of that and mention it for, like, whatever fun reasons. Um But with my quick Google, the only thing I could find was the Anything Can Happen Recurrence, which was a season seven episode, um, where they kind of realized they stopped doing it. I Googled anything. I put Anything Can Happen into the transcript site. And other than the Hofstetter Isotope and the Anything Can Happen Recurrence, um, I didn't. Oh, I didn't search Anything Can Happen Thursday. Hold on. Anything Can Happen Thursday because based on what episode came up I feel like it could have been okay yeah um the love spell potential had anything can happen but not anything can happen Thursday Mm. so I feel like that could have been a very good way to just convince Sheldon to do shit and they didn't utilize (laughs) it enough yeah they really should have kept that in their back pocket Mm -hmm. um but yeah so it's they're fairly new to them anything can happen Thursday um were there eating Thai food when it was normally? I didn't make a note of whatever they normally would have that pizza. night. Pizza, pizza. Yeah, I would. I would go for pizza over Thai food. Just gonna. Say. And here's the thing: if <laughs> me too, but like, if I was used to eating pizza every Thursday, like, I feel like my I would just start associating. Like, there's a YouTuber. One of the first YouTubers I actually like subscribed to way back in like. 2014 maybe it was I remember what like event happened that resulted in me following this person but I don't remember what year it happened but I think it was around 2014 and um I used to watch him on my lunch break at the farm and the closest place to eat to the farm was Taco Bell and to this day when I listen to him I start craving Taco Bell (laughs) so I feel like if you're used to um um, eating pizza on Thursday, you're going to start thinking about it. 2013, I just looked up the the thing. Um, 2013 is when I started listening to him. And I worked at the farm until the end of 2019. So like for the first five, six years that I was subscribed to this person, 
I was eating Taco Bell pretty much every time I watched his stuff. Mm -hmm. So I could see it. Yeah, that definitely would form a connection. (laughs) Yeah, so, and then they have a little uh, topic about, like, rut versus consistency as far as their routine. Um, And then they, like, get very close to deciding that they're going to go out to a bar, which Howard suggested. Um, Along with the, we also had here his... different use of the Drake equation that he um, adjusted to fit his needs. Mm-hmm. And, like, they almost get excited to go, and then they're like, no, let's just go to the comic book store. And I understand, like, wanting a balance of, like, or being wanting consistency in your life, but then also falling into a rut if you have too much of that consistency. Mm-hmm. I also think it's funny that they're like, oh, the odds of us picking up girls at a bar are like very low and Howard's like okay but are you familiar with the Drake equation and I'm like Howard we have not discovered intelligent extraterrestrial life so I feel like (laughs) using the equation that gives us the odds of doing that to prove that your odds of something are not low Mm -hmm. like I mean I'm I mean maybe I don't remember enough about it but maybe the Drake equation is saying like odds are high that there is intelligent life but we just aren't we're too limited to find it but there's actually probably a lot of it and so odds aren't low I don't know um I was not alive in the 1960s when he did that but um I feel like it's kind of an interesting comeback given we have never discovered anything yet Mm -hmm. I still maintain that intelligent life has discovered us and are just like we will do anything in our power to prevent them from knowing that we exist (laughs) Like in um, Mrs. Doubtfire, when he was doing an impression of an alien and he said, like, we came to this planet searching for intelligent life. Oops, made a mistake. (laughs) Like, I feel like I feel like that's what the intelligent life out there is um, would be doing if they if they discovered us. Yeah, whenever I try to think about it now, I think of like an article I read a while ago, which I'm pretty sure we talked about on this podcast at some point or long time ago as well about like looking at like all the different possibilities for like well if there is life out there like maybe this is why we haven't found it or maybe this is why like it's not i I remember us talking about that and when i was talking about that i was about to be like and there's actually an article but i was like yeah we talked about that already so as soon as you were like so we've talked about this before i'm like yes she's thinking of the exact same thing that i am because i love that article i'll try to like find it I've, like, looked it up a few times before and been able to find it. So I'll try to do that again and stick it in the show notes because I've read, yeah, I've read it a couple times. It's, it's, it's like, so interesting. I would read, like, a book if it was longer. I'm sure there are books about that similar, but anyways. Yeah. So then they decide to go to the comic book store and they run into Penny on their way out. Uh, she asks them to pick up something for their nephew and she's like, oh, just pick out anything, which Sheldon takes great offense to. And okay, again, I feel like this is one time we can, at least I can relate to Sheldon, where like, I feel like just picking up anything for comics for can very easily go wrong. Like, there are so many options. Like, like I mean, I've said this before. The reason why I don't read comic books and the reason why, like, even if I had any interest in, like, superhero movies, I would not start watching them is just because there's so much and you never know what you have to understand. Okay, like, okay, like, let's let's even look at the Umbrella Academy, right? You could stumble upon that on Netflix without knowing that it was, like, a comic series. And then, like, people are like, oh, well, this character's doing this because in this part of the comic... And I'm like, I fucking know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's not the reason I didn't watch season three. I just got bored by it because, again, superhero stuff does not really hold my interest all that long. But it's like, I feel like you should be able to watch that without knowing every single thing that happened in the comics. Um, And then when you talk about like, oh, Superman, Spider-Man, all of that stuff, I'm like, I I don't want to spend like days of my life in terms of the number of hours it would take catching up just so I can understand what people are talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And then like, even if you do want to get into something, it's hard to know where to start 
Because, like, mm-hmm. after, like, seeing the Captain Marvel movie, I was like, oh, like, I really liked that. I'd be interested in reading some of the comics. And, like, I had to do, like, Googling to try to figure out, like, because there are, like, different series and then different runs and then they'll, like, reboot things. And it's like, okay, but, yeah. like, I, I'm just interested in starting. So someone just tell me where to start. So Yeah, what's the first thing? Um, well, yeah. that's, like, so, I mean because this is exactly what I did to you. The first time that I wanted to have a DSLR camera, I literally asked my friends of mine with cameras, I'm like, don't tell me what one to get. Send me a link that I can just click add to cart because (laughs) there's so much information out there. And so my friend Delaney, she sent me a link to what my first camera wound up being. And it was literally a link to a page where you could buy it. And she said, get this. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, perfect. And it's like, now I can do research and I bought like other equipment to go with it. And I've expanded. And like at this point, like not only was I able to recommend to you, but like I know like the next time I upgrade what I'm going to get, I know what my next purchase is going to be. But there's so many different things you can do there too. But to start, I was like, I just need somebody who knows to just be like, get this and don't explain why. Like, just tell me to get it and then I'll figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, comic books in that whole world is just way too overwhelming for me. Like, I barely managed the Firefly comics and there's like zero of them compared to how many Spider-Mans there are. Mm -hmm. So um, like I got like two of the collections of comics that came out and then the Leaves on the Wind series I got. And I'm like, I, I can organize this, but that is about my capacity. Yeah, like most of my comics are like direct, like Firefly or like Fringe had like a comic mm-hmm. run. So like, did Arrow have comics like to. specific to the show? Um, I think maybe. Okay, I feel like that's something that they would do. So I just wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure they do. I actually might have one of those also. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's like stuff that's directly tied into. Like, from the TV show characters rather exactly. than, like, oh, there's I, a comic, oh, and then they made a show based on this. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Backing up a little into the episode, um, when Sheldon's like, oh, I'm going to the comic book store, and you're probably thinking, oh, my goodness, the comic <laughs> book store on a Thursday. Here's the thing. If I lived by them and knew that they had this routine, I would probably also be, like, on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Especially knowing Sheldon. Like, Exactly. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, a Sunday and you were just, like, I'm going to work, I would be, like, wait, why? Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, I know this isn't work, but I mean, like, they have a very strict routine. Yeah. And, like, the other day I was talking about, I was telling um, my friend Casey that I was working. I mean, her her son's birthday party is on a day I'm not working, but his birthday is a day I am working. And I just mentioned that I was working on his actual birthday. And she messaged me and she was like, his birthday's on a Friday because like she knows I don't work on Fridays like ever. And I was like, I know, but because I took the Sunday off to come to his party, we decided to switch the day to Friday so that we could still, you know, have appointments and stuff like that. But that was just something that stood out. So I'm like, I don't know that Penny would have said I've fallen down the rabbit hole and into a land of madness, but I could... (laughs) I could see her being like, oh, weird. They don't normally go on Mm -hmm. Thursday. Yeah. And then just at, like, the end of that scene, I love when Penny, then, like, after Sheldon's rant, she's just like, Leonard, like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she just ends up going with them. And then we see the comic book store for the first time. For the first time. Yes. It's like... It's I like I think I forget often that like we're like almost at the end of season two before we saw the comic book store just because of how much of like a like main set it became basically after yes. this. Yes, and it's like also like I feel like you know at the start of a show you'll introduce your main sets and I feel like stuff that you introduce like quote unquote this late doesn't normally become like a staple unless it's a situation like in friends like oh ross got a new apartment so obviously there's going to be scenes here now Mm -hmm. um but this is just kind of like a secondary thing and then it just became 
so iconic, really. Yeah, I wonder if they just like had so much fun putting that set together the first time. They're like, well, obviously, we need to keep using this. They probably didn't want to give all the comic books back to like the prop warehouse. And they were like, the only way that we can keep them is if we keep putting this, uh, this <laughs> location into our episode. <laughs> well, I feel like um, I've read that like they would like keep like filling it with like current issues whenever we saw it. Which yeah, but I, they don't get those if they don't have yeah. the set. <laughs> True. Um, wouldn't it be funny if, like, some... You know how, like, when Leonard was doing his experiment and then they were like, oh, your experiment was over a week ago. And he's like, yeah, but I want Sheldon to continue staying here. Like, I'm just picturing a situation where someone who always works in that area, like, doesn't let the people know that the show is over because they still <laughs> want the comics to be showing up. And they're like, oh, I got to take the comic books over for Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory ended three years ago. (laughs) Okay, so first time in the comic book store, um, they lean very heavily into why would a woman be into comic books? Um, All I'm going to say about that is kind of what we said when we were on Hope's podcast, where like there are a lot of comic book stores in this area. And it's not that women don't like comics. It's because this is a relatively toxic environment for women. And we think high enough of ourselves that we are going to go somewhere else. Yes. Because as we saw when we saw the more popular comic book store, there were women there and nobody cared. It was not made a big deal of. Um but I would not be comfortable going into this store and yeah. I wouldn't keep going as a woman just to be like, if I don't go to this one, people are going to think women don't like comic books. Like, no, I'm probably making excuses for them, but I also feel like it makes sense that women wouldn't be showing up to this. So I'm still going to go with it. Yeah, it, it like it, it works both ways. Like you can see the issue, but also like there is like an explanation that makes sense. So yes, I think that they accidentally built in an excuse for why they're doing this humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I would not go here, you know, yeah. even if I was in like, there are places like I'm not into comic books, but like, there are places that like, okay, like, for example, there is a um, like a place you can go around here to get your oil changed that pretty much no women go to. And it's because it actually used to be the place that I went and then they changed ownership. And now if you take, if I take the car in, they try to get me to spend thousands of dollars on other repairs. And I would just be like, no, I'm good. And then like, I would ask my dad, like, Hey, can you take this car in? And like, they would not tell him anything. And it's like the same car. So it's like, obviously, if it needed this replaced two days ago, it's going to still need this replaced today, but they didn't say anything. And so it's like, now I go to a different place that does not do that. So that oil change place, they could probably be like, huh, women don't know how to take care of their cars. But like, in reality, like, we're just very uncomfortable and they try to take advantage of us. So we don't go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I can't think of, like, a specific example now, but I know I have been to, like, like, smaller stores or something, and if it's, like, my first time there and it's, like, a weird or, like, bad experience or just, like, extra awkward, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't need to go back there. Exactly. And I feel like especially, like, in the, like, nerd community, I guess, like, the women will know, like, it'll kind of spread around, like, don't go here. Yeah. Um... Because, I mean, once Denise shows up, like, you see other women there. And it's just kind of, like, because Denise is, like, present. You know, and if I see women working at a place, then it's probably going to be safer. Yeah. At least better odds. Exactly. Well, Denise is still several, several years away. But we I meet know. Stuart for the we first time. We do meet Stuart, who I was so weirded out by in this episode. And then I ended up loving him. Oh, Yeah. I just thought like, well, because he was like the manager or owner of the comic book store that was like really uncomfortable for women. Mm -hmm. So like I understood what they were going for in terms of like the him and Penny thing. Like I definitely was picking up what they were putting down with that in terms for like long term storyline and symbolism and all of that stuff. But I was also like, if this man owns this creepy place, this man is creepy. (laughs) You know, I also, like, I feel like I would be creeped out if someone I just met was suddenly, like, sketching my face. Okay, I was not even thinking that in this moment, but yes. (laughs) 
Like, that's like, not cute. Penny was very flattered, but I would be like, okay, then. Yeah, I would be not like, please. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, also, Captain Sweatpants is a vibe. I wear sweatpants everywhere, and anyone who <laughs> thinks that's weird can bite me. Good old Captain I, Sweatpants. Well, okay, I showed you pictures, like... The first time I went to Isle Royale, I was wearing pajama pants on hikes, and it was because I wasn't feeling well. Mm. But there's probably people who are like, oh, my God, I went to this place, and there was this girl wearing these, like, brown pajama pants that had, like, black bear print on them, and she was just, like, walking around like that. And that was probably weird. Like, oh, she doesn't care. And then this last time, I went completely the other way, and everyone thought I was a park ranger because (laughs) of what I was wearing. (laughs) But um, I'm like... Don't diss Captain Sweatpants. Like, sweatpants are comfortable. And especially if you're going to wear sweatpants at a national park, I feel like ones with bears on them are, like, the best choice you can make. I I do feel obligated to remind you that they weren't sweatpants. They were pajama pants. Well, that's just even more comfortable. (laughs) Yes, but also, like, at least sweatpants people do wear in public normally. But if you're, like, in Target and you see someone wearing pajama pants, like, you're probably going to be like, oh. Yeah. But, I mean, they they didn't have, like, unicorns on them or anything. Mm -hmm. Next time I go, I'll wear unicorn pants. (laughs) Perfect. I'll just go from slumming it to park ranger back to slumming it. Mm-hmm. I feel like slumming it might be a classist term, so I'm not. I'm gonna remove that from my vocabulary. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So anyway, and just a quick numbers factoids. I checked. So this was Stewart's first. He was eventually in 84 episodes, um, and Captain Sweatpants was eventually in a total of 12 episodes. So yeah. I was gonna guess around 80 for Stewart. I would not have guessed that for Captain Sweatpants. <laughs> we need like Captain Sweatpants comics. I that would, would I would read those. I would read those. Just like we, they can read them in the in the uh, Barry and um, Zach and Stuart spinoff that I still yes. want. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Oh, different Barry, but um, the guy who plays Barry on Grace and Frankie is a like a regular or semi-regular on like one of the NCIS franchises. I don't remember if it's regular NCIS or NCIS Los Angeles. I think it's Los Angeles. But anyway, my parents were watching it and he walks in and I was like, Barry! And they just kind of looked at me and I was like, that's Barry! And they were like, that's Nate. And I'm like, no, it's Barry! (laughs) And they were like, he was, um, they were like, they were like, who is Barry? And I'm like, him. <laughs> and like, I couldn't explain it. I was just like, holy crap. I don't think I've ever seen this man in anything else. And yeah, they were just staring at me because like, they had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. And then I explained it was on Grace and Frankie. And then they just kept on going, no, it's Nate. And I'm like, listen, it's Barry. And they were like, no, Barry is the guy on Big Bang Theory. And then I got kind <laughs> of pissy with them because I'm like, You're just trying to deflect. Like, obviously, there is more than one person named Barry. Like, what if I was like, I'm Nicole. And they were like, no, Nicole is the baby on The Handmaid's Tale. I would be like, go fuck yourself. Like, that kind of side commentary is just so unnecessary to me. And it's like, oh, Barry's the guy in The Big Bang Theory. I'm like, well, clearly there's more than one person that's named Barry. And I was just, like, so delighted to see him. And... I was also like, I feel like he's the exact same person, but he really wasn't doing anything. No, like he was just having a conversation with somebody like he wasn't Mm -hmm. being nerdy or anything. But since I wasn't seeing anything from that character in that scene that was like drastically different because like Barry was capable of having just conversations, you know. And so like since this guy was just having conversations, I'm like, oh, my God, he's exactly the same, even though I'm sure he's not. But (laughs) that's where my brain was. Um, so that you was know, very exciting. When he said you you said his name was Nate for some reason, I was just like, I can see him as a Nate. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Barry as a Nate. I don't even know what the actor's actual name is, but just thinking of like, yeah, he looks like a Barry. Yeah, his name is Peter. 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 Yep. Interesting. Yep. 
Um, I, I, I feel like Nate fits in better than Peter. I feel like I feel like Nate does fit. I mean, I mean, I don't know him. Maybe he's a very Peter Peter, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was very excited um, to see him in that. Um, just because sometimes you're just like, I kind of forget that this person exists outside of this one role because right. I think he did really well at that one role. Um, but yeah, he was great. Um, that was another thing we did on vacation was we finished Grace and Frankie. Um, I won't go on a super long rant here. Um, but what I will say about Grace and Frankie is that, um, if you want to represent child free by choice women, and if your goal is to make them not stereotypical, you probably shouldn't make them extremely stereotypical and then act like it's good representation. Yes. Because the stereotype of child three women is they are going to reach like their forties and they're going to be bitter and they're going to be petty and jealous and just be assholes to everybody. And the child free early middle aged character in that show was literally every negative stereotype of that kind of person. I feel you can be career driven without behaving that way. And um, probably honestly, the only major complaint I have about Grace and Frankie is that character, especially when I was reading interviews where they were like, we wanted to show someone who's child free by choice. And I'm like, okay, but you literally made her the worst stereotype. Mm -hmm. Like all she needed was a cat and it would have been completely, would have been completely checked every box. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I saw those interviews. I was like, well, that's a interesting. I was take, like, if that okay. was your goal, you completely missed the mark on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the child free by choice woman goes through a breakup and everyone, including her family sides with the other person, like that also kind of does the like unlovable and unloved stereotype. And it's just kind of everything I hate about society's perception of child free women and While I know people like that do exist, I feel like it's kind of harmful to be like, this is the like classic characterization of that type of person. Mm -hmm. So that did um, bother me. But that's not a criticism of the end of the show because she was like that the whole time and she never learned. Yeah. She never improved. She never, Sheldon had way more character development than her and Sheldon had much farther to go. (laughs) that is true (laughs) so i mean really missed the mark on that character barry deserved better nate peter whatever his name is (laughs) um side tangent back to this um yeah so our introduction of stewart is very different than who we see stewart as later which i know we've talked in what way or, well, I mean, like, just, like, in general, like, they like they made him, like, less confident. Oh, um, oh, oh like, he becomes less confident. Yeah. Okay, because I'm, like, he's kind of nerdy, and, I mean, like, I feel like it's a very good representation of him. But, yeah, they did kind of, they turned him into, I do know what you're saying. I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah. Like, if you look at, like, Stuart in this episode versus, like most random ones later in the season if you compare it it's like it's it, you can see a change in the character yes yeah although i guess i could kind of see it that if he's like okay this is my life right now but it's gonna get better and then he feels like he's in a rut i could see that kind of like affecting his morale long term mm-hmm. but i still feel like they kind of reduced him to that part of himself um yeah so yeah there is that yeah, but as of this, he's sort of, like, hitting on Penny with his creepy drawing. <laughs> like, we said it works for her. Uh, she gives him her, her phone number. Which I feel like the only reason it worked for her is just because of the whole thing that they're going with over the next couple of episodes where he's kind of like a Leonard stand-in. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like if she walked into the apartment and saw that Leonard had been drawing her, she would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't... <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know, but. Yeah. 
I also feel like Leonard's drawing of her would be worse. So maybe it was that the quality was good. But I feel like in some in some cases, like this realism can make it creepier. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. So then uh, next scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so back at Leonard and Sheldon's, um, Sheldon is reading some comic. Leonard turns off the Trouble with Tribbles TV special crossover whatever leading sheldon to ask him like are you ill which (laughs) i I like that line and delivery um something in this scene for me not for me something in this scene um involves a like pretty major difference between you and me do you know what it is no no a dent in a comic book would not bother me in the slightest. <laughs> like, even when we're, like, even when we were out and we we're going to, like, buy a book or a postcard or something, I always see you, like, looking at the edges and, like, making sure everything's fine. And I'm just, like, I don't care. Yep. <laughs> at all. And so when I was looking through this episode earlier, I saw Sheldon, like, oh, that's a dent. And I'm just, like, Roxanne would be, like, I feel. And I would just be, like, who gives a shit? You can still read it. <laughs> Well, like, my thing is, I'm like, I'm not going to sell any of this, so I don't care if it's in mint condition. See, and I'm like, even though, like, I know most of my stuff, like, it's not going to stay in mint condition, I like it mint condition to start with, to try to keep it nice, at least. Like, both the books that I bought on Isle Royal already have, like, scratches on them from just, like, being in the bag with my gear, and I'm like... I don't care. I can still read what's in it. (laughs) But whenever I see stuff now, or like, I'll be like, oh, this is cool. And you're like, yeah. And then you look at it and you see like a minor imperfection. And then it's just like, I can just see your brain switch from like, this is cool to absolutely not. And I'm just like, (laughs) this is so, this is so different between you and me on this stuff. Now there's certain things that I'm like, you know, oh, if I might ever resell this or something like that, or like it's respectful like some of the halters that I have of like famous racehorses, especially ones that are now deceased, I will periodically clean them just because like when the horses were alive, they were being cleaned. And so to me, it feels like I'm being respectful to the animal that used to, that this halter belonged to. But like also halters, the more worn they are, like the more worn they look, the more worn they probably were, which actually does increase their value because you can see evidence of the famous animal having worn it. But I'm just not overly picky about that kind of stuff. Like, I've bought T-shirts that had, like, a a thread, like, running because I'm, like, it's the only one in my size and I'll just cut that off. So, mm-hmm. um, yes. Yeah, so that's that's difference with us. Um, okay. So then Sheldon is going to give Leonard advice, correct? Mm-hmm. And... He thinks that Stuart is a better catch because he's taller, artistic, self-employed and gets 45% off comic books. If he's self-employed, couldn't he technically get 100% off on comic books? Or is Sheldon referring to like when he bulk orders them for the store? Um, I mean, I guess technically he could get 100%, but maybe he like, he still charges himself. 55% so he's not like completely making I don't know because I'm like I could see that maybe being like an employee discount but Sheldon just addressed that he's self-employed so mm-hmm. I mean okay maybe 45% is like the bulk price because I know that there's something that we sell at work that we sell for $30 and we buy them like wholesale from the the retailer basically And if somebody were to buy a specific item from us, it would be $30. But if they were to go on the person's website and get them, it would be $45. And I don't know what we pay for it, but we're making a profit selling it for $30. So we might get like something like 45% off of that price. Yeah, that could be just, yeah, his bulk retail, the price. Yeah, so it, it looks like 55% of $45 is $24.75. So I feel like that's probably what we get. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
I one of the one of the disaster podcasts I listen to they go off on tangents because they don't want to get to like a a tragedy happening or whatever. Whereas meanwhile, I'm just like, hmm, how realistic is this to everyday life? And I'm just like legit fascinated by it. <laughs> and then Leonard says, "You're right. I really should be asking strangers on the internet." Yes. Which I feel like there's a lot of that in like Facebook groups and Reddit and stuff like that. So. Yeah, for sure. Leonard, am I the asshole? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then we have the guys are showing up at their apartment ready for Friday night fun. Friday night the way it was meant to be. Yes. Um, And then they run into Penny, who is heading out with Stuart. So, assuming that this is, like, the next day and not, like, the next week, like, he didn't wait long before giving her a call. Right. And, well, she is a big old five, so she probably liked that he was just like, hey, it's been ten minutes, but what up? <laughs> right. Yeah, they're Now, going when to she see... says Stuart has a piece in an art show, when I first watched this episode, I'm like, please don't be the sketch of Penny. Please don't be the sketch <laughs> of Penny. <laughs> Yeah, I would assume it's something else he had submitted. I also love how there's, like, this kind of innocence to Stuart. Because Leonard is obviously freaking out thinking that they're going to have sex. But Stuart, he's, like, literally like, this is awesome! But then at the end of the night, he, like, is like, oh, coffee! Yeah, it's a little late. Like, maybe I should head home. Like, I'm like, (laughs) you know, it was like, (laughs) you know, when Howard, like, when Raj got the quote-unquote date with Penny, he's like, we are going to make out now. Whereas Stuart is just like, look at me getting this date with this hot woman. And then he was just going to go home at the end of the night. Like, I love him. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. I like um, it. Now, I also, like, again, I was creeped out a little by him in the first episode he was in. So when I say, oh, my gosh, I love him. Like, this is 83 more episodes of knowledge that I have of Stuart <laughs> now. But it's like looking back, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we haven't talked much about it really yet in this episode but looking back at Howard here I'm just like this is all the reasons why I did not like Howard for real though yeah I literally just made a note a little bit further on one of them was just Howard's strategy is terrible I feel like there is something else just like this is why I didn't like him Mm. (laughs) um I think it's his um when they're in the bar and he's talking about like thinning the herd Mm -hmm. and then um Wanting to find a blind person. Yeah. Howard had a glow up. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. He, yeah. I still remember, like, literally, like, tearing up when he gave his big speech and just, like, how did I come this far Right. And, like, I don't like the whole, like, oh, the woman changes the man thing. Um, Bernadette helping to change Howard is less like her putting out a lot of like emotional labor into it and more like you were gross. So I'm going to dump you. And then she actually does dump him and she will like straight up, like tell him when he's being a shit. And it's not like this, like, Oh, I'm going to devote so much of my time into like making you better. It's literally like change or lose me, Mm -hmm. which I kind of like that strategy. (laughs) Which, that actually reminds me of, like, something I've seen pointed out, like, with Pride and Prejudice, which there's, like, a... I'm not going to try to find it right now. But basically, it's, like, Darcy... I thought you were going to do, like, a spoiler alert, and I'm like, anyone no. who cares already knows. How basically, like, Darcy, like, he got shut down hard by Elizabeth, and then he was like, oh, like, he realized he needed to change, and then he, like, personally made the change, you know? And then he didn't even, like, he wasn't trying to do the change, in this case, even to, like, get her back. It was just like, oh, yeah, I need to make myself better. And then that ended up working out in the end anyways. But, yeah, it's the, like, realizing that they messed up and, like, okay, yeah, I need to do better. So, and not being forced into it. Exactly. Um, And it wasn't like Bernadette was like, if you change, I'll take you back. Like the time that she dumped him. Like she's like, Mm -hmm. no, it's over. And then like they happened to get back together. But it wasn't like her being like, here's a checklist of things that I want you to work on. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. So Howard is being 
Howard at this point. Howard at this point, yeah. Yeah, because after seeing Penny and Stuart, that pushes Leonard to be like, okay, take me to a bar with women. Because apparently he needed to be that specific. I'm like, the other bars would just be like male gay bars, right? Which I don't think Howard would take him to anyway. No. Um... Yeah, I mean, the, like, everything happening at the bar, it was the part of the episode where I was like, yeah, this is why I didn't like Howard. It's sexism, it's ableism, it's toxic masculinity. Maybe it's just because I don't date men, but I would not think a single thing of seeing a guy in a bar that had an umbrella in his drink. Like, I don't even know that would register, much less me think it's weird or girly. Yeah, same. Like, sometimes you order drinks and they just bring them to you with the umbrella. Like, I don't know that Raj requested the umbrella. And even if he did, who cares? Those things are kind of fun to spin. <laughs> right? Like, you can, like, <laughs> pop them open and close if they're, like, Yeah, fancy. you get an accessory. Especially, like, people who are, like, um, there are people with, like, um, certain types of autism that, like, need to mess with something so that it can help, like, focus them. And mm-hmm. I, re- I feel really bad that I don't remember what it's called because one of my friends like was talking when people started banning fidget spinners mm-hmm. and they were like, no, like there are people who need to be able to mess with things. So yeah. like, who cares if someone's got an umbrella? Like maybe they like it. Maybe they are a guy that embraces their feminine side and who gives a shit? Like go for it. Um, maybe they need to mess with something like me. Like I bite my nails. if I don't have something in my hands. Mm-hmm. So I, need to hold something in my hands most of the time or I will bite my nails. So I don't, who cares? Like I literally, if I walked through a bar and saw guys with umbrellas in their drinks, I don't, I mean, it would probably, I mean, I don't want to say, oh, it wouldn't register. Like, obviously when you look at things, you observe things, but I wouldn't be like, oh, about it. No, I would just, I would probably be like, just wondering like, oh, like, I wonder like what type of drink that is. Okay. If I saw a guy with an umbrella in his drink, probably the only thing I would think is, oh, that drink probably actually tastes good. Right? Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, oh, that's probably something fruity where I wouldn't taste the alcohol. Let me get one of those. Exactly. I would probably be like, dude, what fruit is in that? Tell me. Yes. Um... So, yeah, I'm fine skipping over the rest of this bar thing because I'm just uncomfortable with all of it. Okay. All right. So back to Penny and Stuart. Uh, This is where she asks him in for coffee and he's like, oh, it's a little late, isn't it? Um, And then they run into Sheldon. Really quick. When this first aired, I thought it was funny that Stuart didn't know what coffee meant. And now I'm just like, can we exist in society where we don't have to speak a secret code to know what people are talking about? Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, oh, um, like Netflix and chill. Like I did yeah. know what that meant pretty early on just because I happened to know people who would talk about it. But like, why can't Netflix and chill literally just mean Netflix and chill? Like, yeah. And I feel like having those codes and like being kind of, condescending when someone doesn't know what they mean i just think that that causes like a whole mess of other issues because like what if people are like oh um she did consent to this because i said netflix and chill and she said okay like how do you know that she actually knows what that means or Mm -hmm. he i'm i'm not trying to like it could be anybody but it's like when you have this like dating code where like this means sex and that means sex but it just sounds like normal shit it's like how about you just be adults and use your actual words Yeah, just, like, be, like, straightforward with whatever it is. Like, okay, example, in today's political climate, this guy was making, like, a let's go Brandon joke around me, and I just pretended I didn't know what he was talking about, and then he explained it to me, like, still thinking he was really clever, and I just looked at him, and I'm like, why don't you just say fuck Joe Biden? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, it's so stupid. Now, there was that one tweet that I agree with that says, I'm glad they say let's go, Brandon, because then I can say fuck Joe Biden without people thinking I'm a Republican. So, like, there is a plus side to it. (laughs) But I'm just like, I just say fuck Joe Biden like an adult. Like, you don't have to have this little, like, schoolyard code. Like, just we're adults. You can say the word. Yeah. And they think it's like a dog whistle. And it's like, no, everyone knows what it means. And we all think it's dumb because, like, you can just say fuck Joe Biden. So, like, 
I feel like you could, I could understand people being like, oh, like it's crass to just say like, do you want to come in and have sex? But it's like, I also feel like you need to just talk with your actual words. Mm-hmm. Like you could even say something like, more than just like coffee. Which I mean, I, I do understand in that one, like if it's 11 p.m., like coffee is just a pretense to get you inside. But like there's there are other people that could miss that signal. Like I worked nights. OK, there was a time in my life where I was genuinely pounding caffeine at 11 p.m. <laughs> so I mean, not coffee because I don't drink coffee, but I was definitely like, OK, it's 11 p.m. It's time to drink a whole bunch of caffeine so I can stay up tonight. Like, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a, OK, I don't want to say there's a maturity level to it because I'm not saying that everyone who uses this ever is immature. But I am saying to an extent that like we're adults like just say what you mean yeah okay so sheldon shows up Mm -hmm. walks inside with them (laughs) (laughs) yes because he wants Stuart's help with the online debate about batman um and then he follows them in oh though i do like Stuart's pointing out how there is a difference between there is a difference between like a little wrong versus very wrong Um, solid example that he gave. I, now, every time, though, I see suspension bridges, I think of this. <laughs> um, which, like, my favorite bridge is a suspension bridge. And every time I see it, I think, oh, Stuart, like, this is definitely not a tomato. <laughs> um, I do also like when he was like, oh, I'm in this, like, online debate or whatever. And Stuart just like, oh, yeah, those guys can be really stubborn. Like, he's like, I, I feel you, buddy. I've been involved yeah. in that, too. <laughs> he's been he's, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sheldon follows them in, um, and then there's more stuff at the bar that we can skip over. Um, but then they continue their they're continuing their Batman debate, um, and then when Stewart's finally going to head out, they see that Penny is just passed out on the couch. Yes. Um. So we may have discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Um. My father very, very firmly believes that Sheldon knew what was going on and was third wheeling on purpose for Leonard's sake. Mm-hmm. Agree, disagree, unsure, somewhere in the middle. Where are you? Um, I, I don't like think my so. dad would probably like my dad's not even like I think like as far as my dad is concerned, like that is absolute canon. It's what was going on. Like, Mm -hmm. every single time this episode's on TV, he mentions how this is such a great friendship moment for Sheldon and Leonard that Sheldon is, like, cock-blocking Penny. No, like, I can kind of see that as just a headcanon, but I feel like if, like, that was their intention on the show, they were not clear about it at all whatsoever. That is why I lean away from it, but when Sheldon, when when Penny, like, fell asleep... You know, and then Stuart's going to leave and like say goodbye to Penny before he left. And Sheldon's like, no, 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 no. Like that maybe makes me think a little bit like mm-hmm. if she wakes up, then this might it might start the night again. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten there without my dad bringing it up, but I'm like, I can see it. And it's like watching it with that lens. I'm kind of like, maybe, mm-hmm. but. Like you said, I feel like Sheldon would have, like, kind of done this, like, almost, like, break the fourth wall, like, smirk type thing. Like, oh, it worked. Yeah. But I definitely think that, like, you could definitely argue that that's what was going on. And, like, with the, like, oh, like, no, 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 don't wake her up. That just reminds me, like, when he, like, went to knock on her door at, like, couldn't be before what it was, like, 7, 8 in the morning. So she went and punched him. Like, it reminded me of, like, that sort of thing. Like, oh, no, like, you can't, like, wake her up or get there too early or otherwise she'll attack. Like, yeah, I I viewed it in that vein. What episode was that? I remember Um, it, but I don't remember when it was. Was that Penny Blossoms? When he's bringing over the package? That episode, I hate that episode now just because we were talking about how there was never a bottle episode in the episode (laughs) before it. That's like one of my most embarrassing fandom moments just because I'm like, duh. Mm -hmm. And I think even at the end of that episode, we're like, work song next week. And then like, I still, it was like two days later and I was like, Roxanne. (laughs) 
You know, like, this episode and then the next one with Stuart, I feel like I tend to forget that it's two separate episodes and two separate plots. Like, in my mind, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, and then she went on that date with him. Oh, and then she said, like, Leonard's name. But, like, no, it was, like, you know, like, spread out more. Because, like, this episode ended, and then, like, I almost was, like, waiting for, like, the tag to be something with them again. And I was like, oh, no, like, that's literally, like, just where it ends for now with this episode with them when he leaves at night, you know? Yeah, I think this is is another difference with us, but it's more just when we started watching. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you were binging at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, whereas I, um, I was watching, so... I remember the plot lines more significantly because this entire first episode, we were wondering what was going to happen. And then the next episode is just not related to this at all. Cause Vegas is next, right? Okay. Hold on. Yes. Let me double check because I'm questioning it now. Um, so we were like, Oh, is Stuart a one-off or is he not, you know? And then he comes back. So it was a little more of like a, where are they going with this? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had binged it, I probably also would have blended it together. Yeah, because this was... Cause, yeah, because I came in, like, mid... Early mid-season two, and, like, these were, like, the first episodes I was just binging with my friends, so... Yeah. It was still at the point where I was like, who are these characters, exactly? And, like, do I... Yeah, I do ship Leonard and Penny, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah. Okay, so then they leave, and then there's more um, bar stuff, which one of my favorite lines from the show is in the scene, not the show, but the episode, mm-hmm. when um, Howard was saying that he kept striking out, and he said the falcon hunts better solo, and he's like, you can't just tell a falcon when to hunt, and Leonard's yeah. like, yes, there's a whole sport built around it. It's called falconry. falconry. <laughs> that is good. But yeah, there's that, and then the tag, which is also not great. No, it's, the. I mean, the joke is that she's fat. Like, that's not yeah. funny. Um, but I do also like how Raj is like, yeah, all right, and then just goes back to sleep at the end. But, like, mm-hmm. it's still, like, the joke is that he's, the joke is that he's cool with the fact that he slept with a heavy person. Mm-hmm. Like, at least he wasn't, like, disgusted and, like, jumped out of bed and ran. But I feel like we're grasping here a little bit. Yeah, like, the like what they were going for is, like, oh, look, she's larger. Isn't that funny? Now, what I so. do like a little bit um, is that Howard is all like, oh, you have to go for, like, the needy people and neediness times dress size squared and stuff. And I'm just, like, when I, when I watch that, I'm like, okay, like, people of all body types still have standards. Like, the idea that, like, people who are fat just have no standards, like, they just want to get laid, whoever's willing to sleep with them, like, that's also very offensive and also inaccurate. So Mm -hmm. the fact that, like, between Howard and Raj, like, Howard's like, oh, I'll get, and it's, like, Raj, who, like, is a more palatable individual, (laughs) especially at this point, (laughs) like, the fact that he was the one that got laid, it's like, well, yeah, that woman wasn't going to go for Howard. Yeah, especially with Howard's weird strategies through this episode. Right. None of that was going to work. No. Oh, though his... The stupid car trick where it was on his nose reminded (laughs) me of the tapings where he puts the card on his forehead. The, uh... Um... Mark... Was his name Mark? The warm-up comedian dude. Yeah. Yeah. I just got, like, a flashback to him doing the trick and having it hidden on his forehead. Yeah. But. So, yeah, yeah I this... feel like that wouldn't work as a pickup. No. In most cases. Also, I feel like magic is kind of, it's been used in television as, like, cliche for a pickup line. And it's been used by people like Howard who are, like, creepy, so they resort to magic. So, I don't associate magic with creepy people but like if someone came up to me in a bar and was like do you want to see a card trick I would be like go away go away (laughs) (laughs) so you know it kind of has backfired Mm -hmm. actually that did happen to me I went to see one of my friends in Kentucky and um 
this is um this isn't one of the like people that I talk about a lot, but she had we had gone to school together up here in Michigan and then she moved to Kentucky shortly after I did and she's still down there. She she's married and everything now. We went to a pizza place and like this dude just came in from outside and was like trying to do card tricks for people and then they would like tip him. And he comes to our table and we're like, please leave. Like the Times mm-hmm. Square people are not as aggressive as you're being right now. Like, and at least in Times Square, you can just keep walking and eventually they will stop following you. But like, we're sitting in a booth at a pizza place. Yeah. Like, go away. No, I feel like if someone straight up just came up and was like, do you want to see a card trick? I'd be like, no. But if I was somehow like already talking to someone and then they worked in some sort of like sleight of hand trick that they showed me that I might think was cool. But, like, you don't just jump right in with the magic. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Well, if it was in, like, a flirty situation, I don't really feel like, here's different ways I can fool you is the, like, (laughs) best best introduction. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you meet someone and then you just find out that their job is they're a magician or that they like going to magic shows or something, like, that's fine. But like, oh, where's your wallet? Here it is. Or like, I can trick you into this stuff. Like, I don't want, especially if I, especially if it's in like a situation where you could like date or have a one night stand with somebody. Like, I don't want trickery to be the hook. Mm-hmm. No, like if they're going for my wallet, no. But like other. <laughs> well, like I want to be fooled by people that I trust. <laughs> like okay like Edgar Allan Poe with pub with him making like the short scary story popular he said people like being scared when they know that they're safe so Mm -hmm. it's like for me if you're gonna do magic tricks and sleight of hand and stuff like that like I want to trust you as a person before I want you doing that I feel like I'd just be down to see it regardless, but also, like, I used to collect magic tricks, so, like, I'm just into that in general. I mean, like, down to see it versus, like, if this is your, like, I'm gonna get you to come home with me hook, it's not gonna work. It's gonna do the opposite. Um, but I'm also, like, I have watched way more, like, here's how, like, I don't want to watch a magic trick if I don't know how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Because I know that it's not actually magic. I know that there is a trick. So I'm like, I want to know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) So Like just going to a magic show and they're like, oh, cool. The bunny's in the other hat now. I'm like, okay, but it didn't just like get beamed from one hat to the other. You did something. I want to know. I feel like at the end of the show, they should explain it to you. And then they're like, a magician never reveals its secrets because it's lame. If you are like, oh, actually, I'm not magic. Like, Magic shows rely on suspension of disbelief, whereas I'm someone who just wants to know. I want to know how it's done. And I can appreciate it more when I know how it's done. Because it's like, oh, you have to be quick or you have to use distraction or it's an illusion or something like that. Like, I think the mechanics of it is cooler than, ooh, you can't figure it out. I like, I feel like I kind of like both ways. Like, I definitely do like trying or trying to figure out or like finding out how things are done, but I'm also okay with just being like, okay, like I have no idea how you did that. That's cool. I mean, I'm fine not knowing initially, but I'm like, then you have to explain it to me or else I just get annoyed. Yeah. Just because I know it's not actually magic. But, um, yeah, it definitely wouldn't work on me in a bar because I'm, like, trickery and sleight of hand. Like, that's not the kind of person that I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home with you. Mm-hmm. No. No, that's the opposite. I would be like, okay, I'm going to, like, get into a group because there's safety in numbers. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that time on How I Met Your Mother when the captain was taking Ted out. He was like, oh, let's go out on the boat. And he's like, well, why don't we stay here and hang out with some witnesses? <laughs> like... <laughs> That's how I would feel. Mm-hmm. That definitely fits. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I like fi- I like finding out how card tricks work and how all this other stuff works. Like I don't remember what show it was, but there was a show where they would like do a bunch of tricks, like really extensive ones too, and then explain them. And like I enjoyed watching them because I knew I was going to figure out how it was done. Yeah, and I feel like there were a few, but, like, the one I think of, it was called The Masked Magician. Um, That's not what I'm thinking of, but I have heard of that, and I may have also watched that. That does sound familiar. Um, But, yeah. So, 
that's why there's no Howard Wallowitz in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just Makes love Stillin. I am Missy, though. Do you like magic? Not really, no. <laughs> like... <laughs> Although the magic trick that he did for Missy, he kind of did it so badly that you do know how it worked. So mm-hmm. there is that. Um, so yeah, that was the Hofstadter Isotope. Yes. Vegas next week. Mm-hmm. And then the finale, which is a very good finale. Yes. And then season three and Leonard and Penny together for a little bit. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. I haven't watched season three in a while and I feel like some of it maybe didn't age the best. So it's going to be interesting watching it now versus then. It's also going to be interesting like reliving the arguments people were having online. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, the people who genuinely not even a headcanon, they genuinely thought that she was dating Sheldon the whole time. Um... They were pointing out that when she was singing Shania Twain in the kitchen, the shirt she was wearing was too big to be Leonard's. So it was definitely Sheldon's and she was actually sleeping with Sheldon as well. Um, So as I go through and watch, it's going to be interesting to remember all of the fandom stuff at the time. Definitely. Yeah. So that will wrap this up. As always, if you guys have questions, comments, suggestions, you can email us at podcast at thebigbangbuzz.com or leave a comment on the website at thebigbangbuzz.com or tweet us at thebigbangbuzz with three Zs. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.